shame on you, Bonobos, for not giving me identity theft. And and then like at, they sent me a password reset, which was good. But then they they served up ads during my password reset. Like they offered me 15% off while I was resetting my password. I was like, guys, not the time, okay? Like I might buy something from you in the future, but while I'm resetting the password that you lost is not the time to advertise. Welcome to another episode of Bourbon and Breaches, where we cover one of our favorite bourbons and the top five most interesting data breaches from this last week. I'm Steve. Mike. Shoe. I'm Nikki. Okay, great. Uh, let's jump right into the bourbon. So for today, Shu will be doing the tasting. Shu, what do you have for us today? Yes, uh, I have a uh, Balcones Texas Pot Still Bourbon. Um, Hold that right up to the camera there. Right up to the camera, trying to not get the reflection. All yeah. right. They, uh, they have an interesting story. Uh, they're based in Waco. Um, they were started over 10 years ago now by this gentleman. Uh, his name is Chip Tate. Um, met him a few times. Um, and it was fairly interesting because um, he was doing a lot of experimental stuff. Uh, he wasn't, he, I don't believe he actually made a real bourbon at any point, um, but he had some amazing stuff. He had some, uh, I think it was uh, lightning, I think he called it, which was like something like, uh, God, like really high proof um, and like 85% corn mash. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They still, I think they still have it. Um, and you drank it and it burned, I think it might be the baby blue. It burned your throat, but it tasted like uh, drinking corn. It tastes like drinking, like someone stuck corn down your throat. Um, so the story goes, yep, they're up in Waco. I've been to, they're like right in downtown Waco. Um, been there once at least, uh, met Chip Tate a couple times. Story goes, um, actually, it's not a story. It's well publicized in Texas Monthly. And I know distillers up here in Washington heard about this story. Um, several years ago, he took on some investors. They had a falling out and um, he does not own that distillery anymore. Um, I think some, uh, some private equity firm owns it and uh, I don't know who runs it now. So a, uh, a cautionary tale for uh, small businesses and any uh, small business owners in any field. Um, so um, yeah, and, and then I had not heard about anything Balconis was doing, uh, partially because I'm up here in Washington, but uh, I did go through my local liquor store recently and found a bourbon from them. So I was like, oh, let's try it out. Um, Glad, uh, and I looked it up, it looks like uh, Chip is doing something for himself now. It looks like uh, Balconis is doing something. So everyone's producing something these days. So hopefully no hard feelings and uh, I'm happy to try their pot still bourbon. Couldn't find anything. Um, Breaking Bourbon didn't do any reviews on the pot still bourbon. Do they do any reviews of the, of the uh, one? Because usually it's the same mash bill. They did uh, several Balcones products, including the Lineage, which I'm kind of interested in, um, but I did not see exactly what they were doing. They do have the one. 
but they say it's 100% malted barley, which clearly is not the same thing as their um, as their uh, bourbon because that would be impossible. Um, so uh, they have blue corn. Uh, jury's out as to whether you can taste the difference between blue corn and regular corn. Um, then they have some Texas wheat, Texas rye, and malted barley. Again, it's generally just wheat, rye, and malted barley. Reading uh, how they make it, uh, they have two years, at least, in charred oak. Um, it's only 46%, so I'm not expecting a lot of alcohol heat on it. Um, and then the description that we have from the whiskeyjug.com is uh, dark copper on the nose should be cocoa corn, vanilla palette should be some of the same, maybe a little orange in there. Um, and then they say a medium long finish. From my experience, medium long finishes are usually due to the wheat and the rye. Um, the malted barley, from my experience, finishes pretty clean. Um, so I would say malted barley is probably the um, lowest ingredient or the smallest ingredient out of this one. Um, but let me turn it over to you, Shu. Uh, tell us about what you're getting uh, from the tasting. Yeah, definitely. I think the color is spot on. Um, it is a copper color, a little bit on a darker side. Um, the um, the flavor, it's got more burn than I would expect from a 46%. It does have a fair amount of burn. Uh, I would not say it's, uh, I wouldn't classify it as a fun burn like we've talked about before. Another, I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely thrilled with the burn. Uh, it is definitely not as sweet as other bourbons. So I do not get as the sweetness. Um, all the other stuff that they described on their site and other review site, I really can't taste. I get a very strong punch in the face taste of vanilla. So um, a very, very strong vanilla for me. Um, it's interesting. Um, I'm not sure I would call it like an everyday favorite of mine. Um, definitely would have to be in, in the mood. It is, it is an interesting taste to it. Um, so if I, if I feel like a lot of vanilla, I would, I would go to this, this bourbon. Nice. That, that sounds interesting enough to try. I don't believe it's a double gold winner. Do you think it's a contender? Do I think it's a contender? If I really like burn and vanilla, I would say it's a contender, but you have to really like burn and really like vanilla. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> they're baby blue. You have to really like corn. It is uh, excessively corn. I have not tried any other product since uh, since uh, Chip Tate left the left the distillery. Um, so I, I can't say for it. But yeah, before when I tried that baby blue, it was nothing like I had ever tasted anywhere else it was pretty amazing i would i would like to try it again here yeah and and i think their their one looks interesting being 100 malted barley um that see sounds like they're doing some interesting and innovative things not your normal bourbon we're gonna start off today breaking news uh this one coming from bleeping computer one of our friends lawrence abrams uh headline reads 
NetWalker ransomware dark website seized by law enforcement. Um, I had been unaware of what everything is going on here. Can you guys fill me in? So I saw this earlier today. Um, I was initially skeptical because there, the NetWalker ransomware site was like one page. So in my interpretation, the real headline was FBI takes down easily replaceable billboard for NetWalker. Um, there was an update later today though, that they actually charged a Canadian uh, national um, arrested, charged with running NetWalker or at least profiting from NetWalker. So I've changed my mind. This is uh, clearly an action against the ransomware gang. I'm surprised that NetWalker was being run out of Canada. And I also would be surprised if this is the only person a part of the gang. Um, but I now think that this may be the first of many law enforcement actions in 2021 uh, to try to take down ransomware. Ransomware is having a heyday. It's making tons of money. We're up to uh, monitoring 22 different gangs. We just added uh, Cuba or Cuba. Uh, and then we added Ragnar Rock, which is not the same gang as Ragnar. So two gangs, very similar names. Um, we added those recently. Um, you know, lots of money going into ransomware. Maybe this is a sign that law enforcement's going to try to stem the tide, if you will. I think they were likely tipped off by the extremely polite ransom message and the fact that you could pay in Bitcoin or Tim Hortons rewards points. <laughs> the dude was in Quebec. It's, uh, that's some nice poutine, some nice, uh, nice bagels up there. Um, I agree. Uh, I think it's, what's interesting is that, uh, like, like you said, initially, I was like, oh, yeah, they just took down a site, big deal, unless they took down the domain. If they take down the site, it'll delay them like a couple of days. If they take down the domain, it'll take them like maybe a week to recover. But they actually took a person. And uh, in the past, what has happened is that when these when someone gets arrested with uh, through law enforcement, um, ransomware gangs and actually hacking gangs in general do have a tendency to sing a lot. Uh, it's not like New Jersey mob. So uh, we'll, I would bet a, bet a good amount of money that there's going to be more arrests made here. But is the rest of the gang in a country where this action is illegal, enforced, uh, and extraditable? Because if they're in Russia... Yeah. Nope, nope, and nope. No one's touching. But this one was in Bulgaria, so it looks like Bulgaria cooperated. That was where the Tor server was. And, yeah. and that's just Tor hosting. Tor hosting is a very shady world where you are hosting servers in random locations. Um, and that just happened to be where the server was. Um, yeah. A few weeks ago, they found a Tor uh, hosting server running out of an abandoned uh, missile silo. So uh, Bulgaria has nothing to do with this story. It just happened to be the random corner of the world they could stick a server. All right, 
Nikki, what real first story do we have? Intel drops 9% after reported hacks forced the chip maker to release its fourth quarter earnings early. No, th- this it, it's not a hack if you have the same URL structure for every corporate release and someone guesses the next URL. That's not a hack. That's not even social engineering. That's like basic pattern matching. So, so like, here's a tip. Don't name your quarterly release 2020 slash Q4. Like, I don't know if that's what they did, but they did basically that, right? And anyone looking at Q3 could be, oh, that's weird. I wonder what happens with Q4. I wonder if I should just take a look and, and see. And that's what happened. That's what happened. So, so this is entirely, this isn't even a data breach. This is a data mismanagement. They, they, they did not think through how they were structuring their data. Now, what's interesting is there were some other reports of actual hacks at Intel uh, around the same time. So, and, and then uh, Intel's subsidiary, uh, Habana Labs, um, not associated with Cuba uh, ransomware, um, they uh, did get hit by ransomware as well. So Intel's having a bit of a moment and not in like a good way. Yeah, Intel is having some uh, problems from uh, AMD and uh, ARM uh, through Apple Silicon. So they did not need this is basically the story here. Whatever happened to their stock? Did it go down? Yeah, it went down. It went from uh, like right before this happened. I actually looked this up. It was at 62. Then right after this happened, an opening bell next day went was 58 and so right now at 53 it's been intel has been a little bit volatile this past year but um yeah it's stayed down this this past since that article was posted whoever discovered this it's not insider trading no. i mean i'm not an authority so don't take my word for it but it's it as soon as you put something on the internet it is public information so as soon as intel put this on a publicly accessible url it became public, whether they wanted it to or not. Topic number two is brought to us by Believe in Computer. Uh, headline reads, Bonobo's clothing store suffers a data breach. Hacker leaks 70 gig database. What are your thoughts? Uh, and is your information out there because of this breach? Mine is not. I'll leave to the other two. <laughs> so mine definitely is. We have all this data. I've looked at my own record. They got my IP address, like my current IP address, which sucks. Um, but uh, they didn't get um, a unencrypted password, which is good. I think they got an encrypted one. Um, and then they didn't leak my measurements, which I appreciate. Um, they also didn't give me identity theft. So what's with that? Bonobos. Have you gotten an email from them yet? Yes, I got an email from them four days after we added it to Hack Notice. So talk about old news. Um, Yeah, so like this sucks. It sucks for me. Yet again, I have my information (laughs) stolen. Um, But even if they did steal my measurements, like what are hackers going to do with that? That's a lot of breaches for you. 
but yeah, I mean, it, it sucks. Uh, but shame on you, Bonobos, for not giving me identity theft. And, and then like at, they sent me a password reset, which was good. But then they, they served up ads during my password reset. Like they offered me 15% off while I was resetting my password. I was like, guys, not the time, okay? Like I might buy something from you in the future, but while I'm resetting the password that you lost is not the time to advertise. So there's a few things wrong with, with this story. Interesting from a technical standpoint, uh, this was leaked from, this is a backup database stored in the cloud. So um, the hacker, we don't even know if the hackers were actually in their network. Um, this is, um, I bet maybe $5 that this was a uh, cloud misconfiguration that some hacker just stumbled upon and got. Yeah, that's like that's like saying, uh, I, luckily I keep all my valuables in the woodshed behind my house. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't pick my locks or break any of the windows. All right, Nikki, number three. A Chinese hacking group is stealing airline passenger details. Why you ask? Uh, it's to track high value targets movements. This is pretty interesting. I'm not sure how um, malicious it can get if you're tracking people by their flight habits, but what do you guys think? Uh, that's probably the coolest hack that we've done today so far and uh, the, mo the most interesting. I mean, all, all hacks suck, but uh, tracking uh, high wealth individuals as they come and go from property to property and guessing what the security is going to be like is uh, that's at least like movie plot tangential. So this actually reminds me of a lot of uh, obsessive college football fans that track uh, like coaching changes and coaching hires uh, through flight aware and things like that because Honestly, who's going to take a private jet from Tallahassee, Florida to College Station, Texas, right? So this is just like one step above that. Um, and it's, it's pretty impressive. Uh, I'm not surprised that they're doing it because like I said, you get a lot of valuable information um, from a technical standpoint. Um, it's a bit scary. It was, um, it was actually a, uh, um, they were actually in the, in the system for several years and they actually got access to um, the memory of the servers. Um, and so any memory attacks are rare and infrequent, but they do happen and it takes a lot of technical sophistication to do it and they did it. Well, it's better, it's better than when celebrities, you know, are giving away their location uh, on Twitter and stuff. You know, like, like unfortunately Dr. Dre had to go to the hospital a few weeks ago. And while he was recovering, people broke into his house because he he was he was tweeting and texting from the hospital he was in with all the loved ones and anyone who would conceivably be in the house um, in in photographs. You know, so like it it's just a step away from basic social engineering. You know, to the from the information you you give away to the information that you that you don't mean to give away. So there was a site back in the day, early days of social media. It was something like robme.com. And it would find people posting on social media um, and that had geotagged um, photos that were not at their house. And it was just like, hey, I'm not at home. Just letting everyone know I'm not at home. Um, I'm, I'm of uh, one very concerning thought about this. 
So everyone knows about China's social program and how every Chinese person has a social score. Um, and China does a ton of tracking in country um, to determine people who they affiliate with and what their score should be. That's very scary. But what's even scarier is what if they are doing this for everyone in the world? Because going from 1.3 to 7 is not that big of a technical leap. If you have the infrastructure to deal with 1.3 billion people, you have the infrastructure to deal with seven. You just scale out, right? And the fact that they're tracking high net worth individuals or high target individuals makes me wonder, <clears throat> one, do those individuals have unique IDs? Two, does China track other things about those individuals? Uh, and then three, are they just tracking everyone now? Does everyone have a unique ID in some Chinese database? And they are tracking all of us. That's incredibly scary and probably fairly technical, technically feasible. We may never go to China and get on their cameras and in their system, but maybe they don't need us to. Um, and the question is, what do you do with that data, right? Tracking is one thing, but then tracking with intent is a very different thing. Yeah, I would say that's very plausible. Um, kind of the mantra is to, um, with data, with data engineering, is just to get the data now and worry about what you're what you're going to do with it later. So, getting the data and storing the data is stupidly easy. So, why not just get it? What I do find interesting with this story and the last one is that uh, if you read the article, the there, was a, there was a link to uh, analysis done. Um, the entry point to this attack into flight tracking systems was credential stuffing. They found credentials leaked from another site. And so Bonobos, uh, one of the things that a hacker did was basically crack as many passwords as possible from the Bonobos attack and try to use it at a different site. So there is definitely a connection here. Don't reuse your passwords. And if you're concerned about credential stuffing, go to hacknotice.com or we can help prevent that as well. Uh, also, we're tracking about 22 billion usernames and emails um, specifically to prevent credential stuffing. Um, so if you're a financial institution that's concerned about fraudulent logins and credential based attacks. Like the, the, the thing that a lot of people don't realize is solutions exist. Like we can, we can predictively let you know which accounts are about to be taken over. So, all right, Nikki. So hacker leaks data of 2.28 million dating site users. Data belongs to dating site Meet Mindful and includes everything from real names to Facebook account tokens and from email addresses and geolocation information. Uh, this is not the first dating site or dating app that uh, we've covered in these episodes and I'm sure it won't be the last. Uh, what do these users have to worry about uh, with their information being shared? I would say they would have everything to be worried about, especially if you're already in a relationship and your spouse doesn't know. 
Uh, yeah, I would say everything. <laughs> um, we got data from them, of course, but we also got data uh, previously from Fling. Fling, the site known for having affairs. Um, so anyone in that leak was obviously very concerned, just like Ashley Madison a few years ago. But what was interesting in the data is Fling captured your sexual preferences and your kinks. Um, and I learned way too much about everyone's kinks because I, I, can't, I can't filter out this data. If, if I look up, you know, who's it at usbank.com, I, and I see their information. I was like, oh, who's it's into bondage and BDSM and like, so this is bad. Anytime a dating site gets broken into is bad. You're dealing with social issues, social norms. You're dealing with affairs. You're dealing with relationships um, and any information, like you, you're probably going to upload way more information about yourself to a dating site than you would anywhere else, right? Like I only uploaded my pants size to Bonobos. Uh, who knows where you're gonna upload to Meet Mindful. Um, now, not all that information is true probably. <laughs> so maybe it's your ideal self you put up into Meet Mindful, but yeah, it's, it's super concerning. Uh, dating sites, one, you should never trust them because they don't care about security. Um, and, and then two, you should be really prepared for that information to be leaked. It, it's, it's an impossible situation because you either lie on the dating site and then you have to deal with the, the fallout from that, or you tell the truth and then you have all that personal information be leaked. Well, the, the tangential stuff too. So, you know, we were talking um, in the last breach about travel information being uh, leading into theft. If this is uh, any kind of sophisticated user agent that either has um, the type of software the phone is running, for example, um, or, or any other kind of versions, if you like downloaded the app or something in your user information, you know, we've talked about SIM swapping and other kinds of attacks that bypass two-factor. Like you could, have, you could have told somebody exactly what they need to SIM swap at your phone if they have any kind of version history. That's beyond like your pant size or anything else that they can use to blackmail you. Although blackmail is obviously the the actual threat, there's there's probably something in that data worth taking a look at that could lead to some other kind of attack, especially if you give away your phone number as well. This had lat long data. The attackers know where you live and where you use the app. So so did Bonobos. <laughs> so did Bonobos. Um, so yeah, this had uh, um, piggybacking on what you guys said. I mean, this comparatively was even less uh, damaging because we know that a lot of these dating sites, they just rebrand their sites into different other sites. So we found last time we talked about this, we found several different hacks of, of dating sites, um, but they were all from just one server and just rebranded as, as uh, something else. So a lot of damaging info in this site, in this, uh, in this creature. Moral of the story is Stick with farmers only. Nikki number five. <laughs> there we go. Former home security tech admits to hacking into customer surveillance cameras. This is happening in Dallas, Texas. A former security technician faces up to five years in prison after admitting to authorities that he repeatedly hacked into home video camera feeds. 
one ADT, shame on you. Two homeowners who are uh, letting an outside company have root access to their cameras, shame on you. Uh, and then don't put cameras in your bedroom. That's just dumb. Yeah, don't put cameras in your bedroom. And actually, um, uh, if you do use an outside service like ADT, ADT or Nest or anything else, um, you should know what's happening here because um, this could have been pretty easily spotted if you actually found what users were added were found to your to your loud list. Sure, but even if you did, just for the sake of the argument, wouldn't you put it in the ceiling over the bed facing the door, right? You want to see who comes through the doorway. I'm just, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I'm trying to figure out who's adjusting the angle specifically so that it looks right at the bed and then is shocked, shocked that somebody would, would try to tap into that system to, to find them having sex with their partner. Uh, this has been an episode of Bourbon and Breaches. If you liked what you saw today, you're weird. Uh, but anyway, please like, subscribe, and comment. Uh, if you have any breaches that you'd like us to cover, please email us. If you have any bourbons you'd like us to, to cover, send them to Shu. Uh, he's somewhere in Seattle. <laughs>